everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, uh, it was Mormon General Conference, and yeah. there, there were some developments, and there was a really big one, something uh, <laughs> that you might remember from your time in the church, which was the, the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet that they give yeah. out to all the kids. It tell, provides guidance for the right way to live, the right I mean, way to it, Mormon. Really. It provides guidance if you bother to read it. Did anyone <laughs> bother to read? I never read it. I know I, mean, it was, I think it was given to me, or at least I was made aware that it existed, but I'm not going to read a pamphlet from my church. I read it cover to cover. I, I'm sure you did. I marked it up. I dog-eared pages for reference. <laughs> you liar. I, I went back to that so often. Uh, yeah. Just to, you know, because it's important to know how you're supposed to style your hair, right? And <laughs> we'll what, kind of, what kind of clothes you should no wear. No spoilers, no spoilers, because yeah, we're going to dive into it. And <laughs> uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, if especially if you were never Mormon, you, you will have some insights uh, <laughs> by the end of this program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, but first, Dan, yeah. some things happened this week out in the world, um, yeah. and we want to talk about them. Uh, and this one comes to us from the Vatican City. Mm. Damn, um, okay. not having th- this isn't a popal a, a papal announcement a popal, like popal a popal announcement um, nothing of the sort nothing to do with any uh, uh, cardinals or intrigue okay. uh, it has to do with the the other side the public facing side of the Vatican which is limited it's like St. Peter's and St. Peter's Square and yeah. the Vatican Museums damn oh right and that, I mean that's what you want <laughs> That's that's the good part. You go Appar- and it's yeah. They, it's they not have- just religious art. It's like all sorts of crazy art from yeah, through they the hoarded ages. It. Like like Dan, Smaug, they hoard they 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 hoard the gold and the art. How dare you? Um, somebody who helps who is helping define the idea of the ugly American was there at the museum this last week and um, was. I, for whatever reason had gone to the Vatican museum where they started to uh, demand a meeting with the Pope. (laughs) First of all, not the right place to do that. But as they were being told, no, this person started hurling ancient Roman busts across (laughs) the room. Two of them, in fact, uh, got uh, thrown to the floor uh, during their fit. That <laughs> having been uh, refused uh, a, a, a visit with the Pope, uh, the Vatican museums officially described it as the act of a deranged person. <laughs> and I have to agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I, one wonders if that's not just sort of their secret code for American, but yeah, okay. <laughs> in, in general, just all Americans are deranged people in, in Ita- the Italian word for American is il dirangio. <laughs> I don't, that's not a real, I, I, Italian yeah, I word. don't just, worry. I'm yeah. not actually trying to speak Italian. Uh, anyway, fortunately the statues were not severely damaged because they oh, were marble, ancient marble. <laughs> yeah. Busts, literally so like they probably un- did more damage to the floor actually. Yeah, but it's still like irreplaceable art. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's nothing you can, if it were damaged, they, yeah, they have like restorers, art restorers, but that's yeah. like, you don't want all your art to be restored. Like if something's original. Yeah. I mean, I know this just from watching Antiques Roadshow, Dan, <laughs> that like the, the, that patina of yeah. the originality yeah. is, is, is very important to collectors. Yeah, one well, of one of the bus may have lost a nose. That is the, oh, the, the severity of the damage. Um, that, I mean, that is kind of tragic. But then again, anyone who's been to a museum that has this kind of antiquity knows that noses and penises are, don't stay long. <laughs> They're not long for this world. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, this is coming on the heels of another act of vandalism back in June where an American couple threw their electric scooters down the Spanish steps. <laughs> Which, I think I remember reading about that. Which is just shocking. Um, 
And uh, I guess within a month of that, a tourist from Saudi Arabia drove his Maserati down the Spanish steps. Whoa. And it's pedestrian only, guys, if you've never been. So um, can I just say uh, it's not okay to do either of those things. (laughs) But if you're going to if you're going to vandalize ancient things, doing it sort of uh, James Bond style is pretty, (laughs) pretty sexy. But you, these Americans need to step up their game is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but you find out real quick that you're, the, the, the cars in those movies have been um, tricked out. Yeah, the, the, the cars don't really go down steps well, I don't imagine. I can't imagine a Maserati. Like, have you seen the, the low clearance on those things? That's not, that's not good. No, You've, no he, I'm sure he dinged up his suspension. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really that, bad. That's going to cost him a pretty penny. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Well, you know, since we're in the Vatican anyway, I'm going to, I'll do this story. Uh, It is a story about, now we've reported recently that uh, a group of bishops inside of Germany, uh, Catholic bishops, have decided to try to sort of create a a philosophical or or an intellectual pathway by which the Catholic Church could modernize itself. <laughs> they call it the, the synodal path, the synodal path. I don't know how mm, you say it. I like the, path the second. path of the synod. I'm going to call it that. Um, but this is a path that, uh, the idea is, because look, the Catholic Church in Germany is positively hemorrhaging members. Mm, yeah, Like literally 360,000 German Catholics formerly formally left the church last year. Wow. Wow. That's it's, that's a lot. That, those are the ones that bothered to actually like fill out the paperwork or whatever. Well, they probably don't want their tax dollars because I think Germany does that, right? Yeah. Where, exactly. They, yeah. So, wow. So, anyway, uh they're looking for ways and you know, of course, a lot of the the problems are things like you know, the church is not great with on women. The church is not great on gays. The church is not great on all of these things. And, you know, these uh, these bishops are looking for a way to try to try to square that circle for them. Mm. Well, a, uh, a a Swiss cardinal for, who who is who is a Vatican official at this point decided to chime in mm. on that. Mm. Um I I guess I just the truth is that I didn't see it coming. You know, I you hear you hear this kind of comparison a lot, but usually when it's about when you're when you're talking about someone who wants to you know be less shitty to gay people and women, you don't hear comparisons to Hitler. But <laughs> in general, you don't get Nazi comparisons for that. But in this case, yeah, Cardinal Koch of 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 Switzerland was uh yeah, he basically basically what he was saying uh <laughs> is that the Protestants, the pro-Nazi Protestants did the same thing, meaning they decided that they could you know, could could uh could find a new path for yeah. God. Uh, for for God's teachings, yeah, I don't know. I think when you are a Nazi, it's like <laughs> you, you. It's good to call other people Nazis, right? right? It's it. I mean, honestly, using a Nazi comparison for for German bishops <laughs> who are on the same team, like you are, that that is a blow. That is that is strong right I, there. Well, I, I think there's also. Uh, the last year or so has I've come to realize that um, everybody likes throwing this word around and it means something different to a lot of different people, right? Like they love, they, people love being able to call other people Nazis. Yes. Like, like Russia calling Ukraine Nazi or bunch oh, yeah. of Nazis. Like it's insanity, yeah. right? They love it. Well, and Nazi has just become, it, it's been watered down to the point where it just means you're mean. Right, right. You know what I mean? I I think we can blame Seinfeld safely for that. Aww. 
the soup Nazi. As soon as you start applying it to a soup kitchen, uh, I think you've gone. You, we've lost it. the The Nazi thing has 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 lost all all sense to it. But yeah, uh, apparently, Cardinal Coke is not backing down. Uh, oh. He did, however, apparently apologize to anyone who felt offended. That's that's oh. by the way not how apologies wow. work, guys. I'm <laughs> if you if you're if you think you're making an apology and what your apology is is I'm sorry you felt offended you haven't apologized <laughs> just that is just a PSA for all of you out there uh, it makes me feel bad yeah that, oh that you... <laughs> that's a shame that you felt that way oh golly golly all right is that all of that sure all right. I don't know uh well uh, over there in uh, old England land, Angleterre, <laughs> there's uh, there's the famous Church of England. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah, sure. And they, got, they, uh, they recently got a new figurehead. Yeah, uh, they did, and it ain't Jesus. Yeah. So back in 2009, uh, they issued a report that was found to have some shortcomings about um, sort of the church's handling on cases of abuse. And so they redid the study and they just re- recently released the report. Um, and they allowed this team of uh, reviewers to go through a massive trove of documents in order to track how abuse worked within the church and how the church handled um, abuse And, uh, they were, they were able to dig up 400 new cases of cases involving actions by clergy, uh, church officials and volunteers against children and vulnerable adults. Um, they have concluded that the church suffers from a culture of deference, inertia, misogyny, protectionism, and victim blaming. AKA a church <laughs> no kidding right like the the fact that they're like oh yes the church of england suffers from a culture of deference yeah. uh-huh. a yeah. hierarchical a hierarchical organization right <laughs> right right people with, are show deference people to leaders who claim to speak for god yeah. at the top of it yeah <laughs> i think maybe you might have a problem with deference <laughs> yeah i mean, it's, it just seems to be inherent and it's like Churches all around are just like, they're just shocked. They're just shocked right. and amazed. What? We? Mm-hmm. Us? We In had this our, problem? What? No. No. It, no. Impossible. <laughs> uh, the review led to 26 national recommendations um, that include things like the establishment of a victim's charter to enable children to be, quote, truly heard. Actually, this is, quote, truly, quote, heard. Uh, when they are expressing, <laughs> you're putting too many quotes around things. We uh, want them to not be quote heard. We want them to be actually, in fact, heard. <laughs> End quote. Yeah. Um, Yikes. So uh, we'll see what sort of they're they're definitely um, uh, the 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 two archbishops that lead the the Church of England so that there were no possible excuses, no rationalizations for our church's failure to share the love of God and value each and every person. The other thing that they said, oh, the church must demonstrate its Christian values and actions. These include repentance, justice, compassion, caring, love, forgiveness, respect, honesty, and truth. Uh, the church has failed, has so often failed in many of these. And I, lo- I love this idea that Christians have and that they've convinced a lot of other people in like Christian majority places that there are Chris- these Christian values, right? Right. That they invented that no one else had before yeah. they showed up. Like justice, right? Compassion, right. love, forgiveness. These are not Christian values. In fact, if anything, Christianity's failure to ever live up to these values right. uh, would, would suggest the opposite. Yeah. We uh, kind of noticed you weren't doing that. <laughs> I don't know that you get to call it your value yeah. when 
when you don't do it. Never have I ever actually yeah. seen you do it. You could say Christian aspirations. Yes. Right. There you go. <laughs> but they're not values, guys. Our favorite aspirations. These We really, we would love it if we did this. If we were good people. If we did this, we'd feel great about ourselves. <laughs> And yet, oddly, we already feel good about ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Strangely yeah. superior, in fact. Please, please stop pointing out the, the bad things that we're doing. It, we, it makes us feel <laughs> icky. Well, I mean, at least, at least their language sounds like they're apologetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of these churches, they, they have the problem and then... You know, they don't even, they, they don't have any apologetic language. Or they, they do or they the non-apology apology. Yeah. 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 Gross. Uh, speaking of a church that doesn't ever apologize, the Mormons. What? Yeah. Uh, so they just had, we, we're going to be talking a little bit later about uh, one, one thing that happened over the, the last weekend, which was the Mormon General Conference. Mm. And I kind of was hoping that we'd make it through a general conference without actually having to talk about anything, <laughs> which I think we were really close to because this was, a, by, all, by all reports, an extraordinarily boring uh, mm. general conference. Okay, yeah. And I thought we had made it. I thought we had cleared the hurdle. <laughs> and then an article comes out in Religion News Service that uh, Elder David Bednar... Uh, future prophet of the church, probably, unless he, he dies or whatever. This is a guy who was the, uh, who, he's been, he's in the, what is known as the Quorum of the Twelve. Mm. Uh, a, a really particular asshole. Yeah. Uh, he gave a talk. And in this talk, he talked, he discussed a, a New Testament parable that I'm, I'm not even that familiar with this parable. It, it somehow a king uh throws a party and none of the people that he invited shows up so he sh so he invites all of his his people the you know his the subjects. people that he lords it over his yeah. subjects yeah and uh and somebody shows up not dressed in in the appropriate attire oh and then the king sends that sends him away or what something. Yeah. Where is this? This is a shitty story already. Okay. Not good. Yeah. Not a good start, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then, so here's, here's how, here's Bednar's take on that. Uh, -oh. uh he says, uh, that the, that the guest should have known better and quote, did not want to follow the custom of the king. Wow. Quote, he wanted to do things his own way. His lack of proper dress revealed his inner rebellion against the king and his instructions. What? So, A, everyone loves a talk where the, the theme is like wild conformity and doing <laughs> what you're told. Yeah. Uh, that's a great talk. Uh, real inspiring. But B, he fucking plagiarized it. What? And did not give any credit. He stole this thing uh, from an from an article uh, in that was written in 2016 from by a a very little known, uh, basically set, uh, cult leader. Not really. I mean, what? but he's a, a a leader in a very small sect called the Church of the Great God. A guy by the name of D John O. Reed. What? Gave no credits, no citations, no whatever. What's interesting is that the the uh, the religion news service reached out to the church and said, "Hey, uh, what's going on here?" And suddenly, citations showed up on the website uh, for the talk because they, you know, they publish all of their talks mm, on the mm -hmm. website, right? And suddenly, it was all cited, and there were even quotation marks, even though like he never did any attribution. I I will say this: when I went to look it up. The talk was gone. It was no longer on their website. Oh, I don't know wow. if they plan to republish it or what, but so but wait the, a second. The so links the in the RNS or, or in the in the yeah RNS uh, uh, article are broken now. Yeah. Oh my god. So I'm I'm confused, or I need some clarifications. Yeah. What did he plagiarize? The whole talk? No. So he he basically stole word for word some parts of that article. 
Okay. Uh, and, and about this parable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And apparently that interpretation of the parable, uh, is 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 not the the most common interpretation of the problem right, that right, came right. from that article. Wow. But yeah, I just I love frankly, more than anything, I just love that he gave a talk that was like, by the way, dressing inappropriately for something is open rebellion. Yeah. We and we we don't do that. Um, I guarantee you he got onto Google and that's what he put in. Yeah. Right. Like because like actually i bet we're i mean something that we're going to be talking about later the revisions to like the advice to the youth uh-huh. about their dress codes he knew or like how how kids should you know are advised by the church to dress um he knew that, that was coming up and i yeah. bet he was against it yeah this and, was his this yeah. was him being mad so he he angry googled <laughs> uh that phrase and that article came up and he was just like, yeah, yeah, this is it. Rather than doing what a good prophet does, which is get down on your knees and pray. Ask yeah. the Lord's guidance. Right. Yeah. Anyway, who knows? All right, Dan. Yeah. Uh, atheism is on the rise. It's on the march. In fact, across my, the land music for you throughout the world. There uh-huh. is this rise of atheism that's happening and it's really kind of, I mean, we, we, we get it. We know why it's happening. You know? Yeah. We, we that's what this show's about. Cause Church, the internet is poisoning and, people's minds. Yeah. But because churches and religious people are dicks <laughs> and people don't want to associate with a bunch of dum-dums like that. Right. Um, and so, well, what do you do? You become atheist. Yeah, sure. I get it. Makes sense to me. Uh, (laughs) But an interdisciplinary team of researchers uh, have launched a new project uh, to test popular and academic theories about why some people are atheists and others are not. Okay. Uh, And they're also going to be looking at uh, societies, countries that uh, are sort of becoming more atheist uh, at different rates and uh, kind of looking at some of the social dynamics and asking these questions as well. And, and it's trying to figure out how to fix it. N- actually, no, I don't think so. I watched, <laughs> Just I watched their video. These uh, seem to be real. They, they, they seem academic and sure. uh, they uh, work at places like Queens university, Belfast um, sure. and so on. Uh, and the university of Kent and uh, Brunel university, London, those um, all sound real. They seem like real places. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, they got a 2.7 million pound grant grant. Yeah. Thank you. Um, to, to, to work on this, to do this project. And so they're going to be looking at, uh, atheism and agnosticism in Brazil, China, Denmark, Japan, the UK and the USA. And then they have a wider team that will be doing some other, uh, look at in some 13 other countries. Um, okay. They're also not just looking at academic questions, uh, but matters of public debate, policy, and law. And they're going to be funding an initiative specifically for those working outside of academia in policy, documentary, photography, and film, the arts, digital media, and data vis- visualization, education, and so forth to make sure that the work is exciting, not just for academics. Uh, but for broader audiences, thank God. Oh, I know. I love I, I love a good uh, exciting bit of scholarship. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think it's smart to make your work accessible, sure, um, and understandable to a broad audience. But I mean, this is like social science stuff, and I think it's I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's it's awesome because again, we have our 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 theories right yeah. as to like why, and they make sense to us. But people who can like get in there and back it up a little bit with a very well-funded, you know, project. Yeah. It's always good to have the right, the real data. Yeah, exactly. In part, because when look, we have our theories. They're probably closer to the truth, but the, the, the people in the churches all think they know for sure why it's happening. Oh, Satan. And, uh, yeah. and they're a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. Or that we, you know, like, 
you know, the Mormons like to believe that people leave the church because they were offended or they just wanted to drink alcohol. They just loved, they just wanted, they wanted to, have to sex. Sin. Yeah, they wanted to sin. Right. Mm. And that's, I don't know, that's not why I left. It's not why anybody left, but they sure love that narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll close this off with uh, a, a terrifying tale, a horrifying tale. Mm. Uh, and that is the tale of three witches who are reincarnated oh, no. and, uh, and show up in Salem, not Oregon. What's the other one? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Although a fun version of that story would have been in Oregon. In Oregon, they show up in the wrong Salem the and they're just Salem. like, what, what is happening here? Yeah. What, what is going on? <laughs> uh, no, the, Disney has released Hocus Pocus 2. <gasps> You're kidding me. The rehocusing. <laughs> I don't think that's the actual subtitle, but it should be. That, first of all, Hocus Pocus <laughs> 1, I guess now, yeah. is one of my favorite movies. No. <laughs> <laughs> bet midler oh my god kathy najimi are you kidding me oh yeah oh some... is that the sister act woman yeah oh my god you got you got She's her a you got, you, and and then you got sarah jessica parker it is a it's the, it's the threesome that's me some i don't i didn't have a, a rhyme there anyway uh yes they've the 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 apparently hotly anticipated sequel to the 1993 uh, the original, long, the long-awaited. Yeah, oh, uh, fans never thought this day would come. Oh, and boy, it, I do have some Facebook friends who are who were pretty stoked about it. Really, uh, and one who was just outraged by by the existence of it, not because of anything to do with like witchy stuff, just. She thinks Just that why? The, the original was the most god-awful movie of all time and can't <laughs> believe that they made another one. Great. Anyway, uh, not everyone is pleased about this. Now, a little background. As I said, this came out, the original came out in 93. We've talked about what was going on in the late, in the 80s and early 90s in this country, oh, yeah. uh, which was the satanic panic. Oh, boy. Which is a very interesting time to release a movie about three witches uh, whose master is the devil, literally, yeah. in the thing. The, uh, they have some weird timing. They this, do this, have th some weird timing. <laughs> it's true. Obviously, if you're going to release Hocus Pocus 2 at this moment in history, you're going to get some blowback from some very concerned moms. Uh, oh no! Yeah, or at least one. Um, <laughs> this woman made a lot of a a, a pretty big splash uh, because a local TV station in Texas decided to pick up a Facebook post by a woman named Jamie Gooch, who is now famous for things that she probably doesn't want. It maybe she's oh she's a Christian. She's probably super proud of being famous for this. She did a post where she warned mothers. She said, as mothers and wives, we are the gatekeepers of our homes, meaning whatever we allow in has a rightful place to reside and grow there because mm. we have given it permission. I think she thinks she's talking about vampires. <laughs> That's vampires <laughs> that you have to give permission to come into your house. Anyway, <laughs> she goes through this whole long thing about how this, you know, look, I know that it seems like it's probably harmless to have Hocus Pocus 2, but... I'm, she says, I'll try to be brief. Please hear me when I tell you the truth that the witches and warlocks in the satanic church abuse and sacrifice children in their, quote, spiritual rituals to gain more power in the underworld. No. This is a thing that a real person actually believes. A real adult. A whole grown-up human, yeah, is uh is warning other people, yeah, that that this is the problem. A a fully grown adult human being with access to the internet and the ability yeah. to disseminate yeah. dumb shit. Yeah. So <laughs> she she goes on. I'm just gonna read a little bit more of this. So before you hit play 
on the night of the premiere of this movie, please ask yourself if not only your mind, but your children's minds are strong enough to ward off the hypnotization and bewitching trance that will be coming through the screen to aid in the desensitization of the coming evil in this world. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't fall victim to the schemes of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like it needed a, a diabolical yeah. laugh. No, no, that's good. It's really good. This poor, poor child. Oh my God. And this is <laughs> this what's poor, sad. Poor person. Human, grown human people all over this country oh. have been whipped up into a such a lather by QAnon and oh. MAGAism and Fox News who are crazy and all of this stuff. We're in a bad time. Yeah. Uh, this is a, we're in Satanic Panic 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Uh, and I think we all need to, uh, to do what we can. Like if you live in the South and you, you got family members who are worried, please assure them this, you're going to be fine. This, <laughs> there are no movie. witches. The devil's not going to come and get you. There are witches. I mean, there's, you know, there are people who say that they're witches and then, you know, they got a, a whole the, They don't thing. have magic powers. They there don't have no any magic. powers. There's nothing they can do to you. There's no Satanists kidnapping kids. There are people that are kidnapping kids, but they're not the Satanists, and they're not doing spiritual rituals to get you. So <laughs> it's going to be okay, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Protect, your, right. protect your kids from, like, you know, uncles and priests and stuff. Oh, but yes. Def and, and, you know, teachers and... Whatever, but definitely don't worry about the Satanists and the witches. That's you, you, you're, you're in the, you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, don't, yeah. Uh, so listen, kids, if you have uh, a Satanist or a witch in your neighborhood that you'd like to report to us, please feel free. You can write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. We take all reports seriously. We do. <laughs> we, we file them in the appropriate file. The number for the emergency witch hotline is 424 666 8442. Stick around. Yeah. We've got more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, uh, this is uh, I'm going to play a clip. It's a short one. Oh, OK, um, this is a a former Ohio state legislator mm. uh, named Candace Keller, mm -hmm. who, who finds it very important that uh, the right wing of this country band together. Her definition of what the right wing is might differ from what some people might want it to be. <laughs> no. uh, but she is gonna. She's she's not only gonna tell us about it. She's gonna tell us that there are uh, that there are two sides to this coin, uh, and oh. she knows what they are. Oh, good, good. Someone who knows. Thank you. Yeah. Finally, there will always be mockers, and I stand before you as a person. I don't really like to call it persecution because it doesn't mean anything to me. Nobody likes to be made fun of, and nobody likes to be talked bad about. But right now, there are two parties in this country. The party of Trump, and the other party is called We Hate God. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'll join that party. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't register with, with the We Hate God party. <laughs> but I'll caucus with them. Sure. <laughs> Uh, wow, oh, wow. Only two. And those are them. Wow. I like, I, I love the, we hate God thing that I, you, you know, you guys, you're atheists. You just hate God. Right. You, okay. It's just such I, an I hate, obviously illogical thing yeah. to say. I hate your belief in God. Yeah. I hate what you do in the name of your God. Yeah. Right. Like I hate and that I, stuff. And frankly, as a character in the in the Bible, that's a that's a bad dude. 
That's basically Joffrey from Game of Thrones. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love that guy as a character, but right. yeah, I, I don't hate him any more than I hate, you know, other fictional characters. Right, right, right. right. Oh my god, that's amazing. Is God more a Ramsey Bolton? I'm not sure. <laughs> New Old Testament, definitely, we got a Ramsey Bolton <laughs> style situation happening. Anyway, oh goodness. Oh, well, we, we had some folks write into us, uh, call into us. Let me, uh, oh, I got to pull it all up and everything. Oh, Here wow, we go. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick wrote in mm -hmm. to say, greetings, Frank and Dan. My name is Nick, and I live in middle America farm country. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's the heartland. What a weird what a weird thing to call a part of a country. Anyway, uh, I studied broadcasting in school and actually worked a few radio stations back in the, uh -huh. in the aughts. Uh-huh. One station I worked at aired a syndicated show called Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson. Mm. I'm sure you're familiar, but the word family was basically synonymous with Christian. Yeah, that is a thing that they did. That was a good, that was a marketing coup on their part yeah. when they turned the word family into Christian. Uh, it always bothered me that a radio station leasing public airwaves was allowed to broadcast such obviously biased content. A fresh college graduate at the time, I looked back at some of the old textbooks and read up on the history of the SEC fair, FCC Fairness Doctrine. Yeah. Uh, while it was an imperfect rule, I think it kept extreme viewpoints in check. Since its abolition in the 80s, we saw the rise of Rush Limbaugh and other extreme right Christian nationalist radio programming. I was curious if you would support a rule similar to the Fairness Doctrine and what, if any, uh, effect it might have on the podcasting world. Oh. The, the fairness doctrine was basically, I, if I understand, and I don't know it well, maybe you know it better than I do, Frank. You probably do. Uh, but it was basically just like you had to get, you know, any, any TV or radio station had to give equal time yeah. to, 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 uh, opposing to opposing viewpoints, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which and is very problematic. Because it it well, could what, lead yeah, it could lead to like you know, not all viewpoints are equal. So not all yeah, not all viewpoints also have just one opposing viewpoint or right. have a, a or need exactly need an opposing viewpoint because they're not really the oppositional viewpoint isn't equal. Right? Yeah, exactly. you shouldn't give equal time to uh you know vaccine science mm -hmm. and crazy people screaming about how it's right. going to put 5g in your blood and you're right. going to be mind controlled by bill gates or whatever right. but like, those are not equal uh correct. time sort of thing but what we got when we did away with fairness doctrine was only the putting uh 5g in your blood people right like we we, we lost the reasonable voices we lost that that's what you end up losing when you, yeah. when you get a, get rid of something like that, it's, it's tricky. It was a, it, it is a weird doctrine and it is based. He references it. It's based on the idea that the public owns the airwaves. And so, to, right. So in the interest of the public and the public being properly represented, like they were just asking for broadcasters to make sure that there were diverse voices essentially. But right. the, the way that it was crafted, yeah, it was, I think it was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, don't I don't, it here's sucks. the thing. I don't think a policy like that solves the problem. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I, I would like to see policies that just sort of in the world that say, A, you have to declare if you are being a journalist, mm -hmm. like if you are claiming journalistic integrity. Yeah. And if you are, then you have, then, then you, then we should, as a society, hold these people, hold those people to incredibly high standards. Yes. Yeah. And, and there should be like, inc there should be strict consequences, you know, unlike the consequences now where, you know, somebody sues Fox News and then Fox's claim is, well, nobody's, no reasonable person would take Tucker Carlson seriously Except and they win. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. But what, what are you talking about? But, people totally take him seriously. Yeah, you've primed people to be unreasonable. 
Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. They're t- and guess what? The unreasonables are taking him seriously. You've created a whole class of unreasonable human beings. Right. Uh, and you know the same happens on the right on the left too. Uh, it, I I personally think it happens more on the right, but it also happens on the left. There are there are unreasonable people cl- making unreasonable claims on the left. Yeah. It's not just a right wing thing. And I think I would love to get to a place where, you know, you have to declare it has it it is very clear. It has to be made very clear what is journalism, what is you know, and what what is what's news, opinion? and what's entertainment yeah and uh and yeah anyone who's claiming to do news should be held to should you know should be liable for any kind you know pretty extreme uh severe punishment yeah uh if 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 they stray from the highest journalistic standards if news is in your name Maybe yeah, maybe there's some standards that you should be. Yeah, following. your whole channel has to has to <laughs> abide by those standards. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, in case it's not clear to any of you, uh, this show is for entertainment. We should have an entertainment tag right at the beginning. That's right. We are the, to be to be clear. Though we talk about news things that happen, yeah, uh, we we are not a news show, <laughs> and we we will leave the judgment as to. How uh, how entertaining to you, dear listeners? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that's uh, that's on you. Uh, would if you're still here, they, I hope you're at least like amused, right? Like, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had someone call into us, did we not? We did indeed. Um, responding to you'll recall, we had a story that we talked about a, a week or two ago of a young woman who had opened a business that uh, had the name, the word coven in it. And some, uh, some religious person uh, was afraid of doing business with her. And so yeah. this is a, a, a listener's response. Okay. Hey guys, this is Scott from Oceanside, California. I was calling about the article you mentioned where a woman would not do business with a company with the word coven in their name. I have to say that I do something similar as an atheist. I work for a property management company, so I'm always looking for new contractors. If I ever see a Jesus fish on their trucks or website, I make it a point to never hire them. And, of course, I never tell my religious boss about this. Anyway, love the podcast. Bye. (laughs) Well done. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you could get in trouble for that. Uh, Definitely with your religious boss. I don't know legally if you can. But it's it seems like a good rule of thumb, and I'll tell you why. Because it's not like that necessarily means that they're going to be bad at their job or whatever. But we do have some data on this, and the data is there was a. Do you remember this, Frank? We talked about it years ago. There was a a micro lending website. Mm. I don't remember what it's called, um, but the idea was anyone could jump on, and you know there are all these people who propose. A loan that they're asking mm, for. Right. I want to buy a new motorcycle. I want to start a small business, right. and I need some small amount. It's you know usually a, a, a anywhere from a, a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars or whatever. Right. And then you know you could jump on, and you get you get to play bank, and you get to be <laughs> the the lender, mm-hmm. and uh, and you assess whether there's a you know what the risk is and what and whatever. And uh, and most people got paid back, and it was a it was actually a great thing. Uh, but that website did uh, some data analysis as to you know to try and figure out who's most likely to default on these on these loans. Oh wow! Well, it came as no surprise to me, but shocking to a lot of people that people who put the word God in their request for a loan. Mm-hmm were the most likely to default. Of course. Because yeah. wow. they were trying to manipulate people. Uh-huh. They were trying to manipulate people into be thinking that they were more trustworthy yeah. than they actually were. Yeah. So guess what? If you see a Jesus fish or like a, you know, some sort of God bumper sticker on the on a service truck, distrusting them is probably a smarter choice. And you have data to back it up. 
There's data. <laughs> it's not. It's no guarantee, but you know, this is data. Yeah. Anyway, do we have some folks to thank? Uh, we do, Dan. We have our uh, top donor, as always, to thank. Um, and if you'd like to join him in this in supporting the show, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. Listen, listen, guys. Uh, <laughs> This it is it is now in in the northern hemisphere it is now starting we're getting into fall it's mm. time to cozy up mm. get get your get your cuddly clothes on grab a warm drink of something and give us your money <laughs> this is it is a fall tradition it's also a great spring tradition for those of you in the southern hemisphere oh fantastic yeah. thing to do in the springtime you know the flowers are going to start blooming and uh, what better time is there to uh, to to go on to thankgodimatheist.com, click the support tab, and uh, and help us out. Yeah. Um, Keep the show going. And the name of our top donor, Dan, our Lord and Savior, Devas. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Hey, Dan. Yes? It is... It only comes twice a year, but it is the best time of year. It's the most <laughs> wonderful time. It's the worst time of the year. It is literally the worst. The no, worst thing. No, Dan. When, well, no, I'm saying when we were kids, mm -hmm. when I was a child, there was this moment in my life every year where I didn't have to go to church. So that was a positive thing. Yeah. But the worst show ever put on television was on yeah. in the background yeah. for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And we're talking about uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, semi-annual general conference. It's in April and October every year. And uh, the, there's a lineup of the most gifted speakers. Um, <laughs> The somnambulant speakers of the Mormon church <laughs> uh, lulling you into a zombie-like state. And as Dan Dan said earlier in the show, uh, this year apparently it was boring more so than normal, which is a horrifying thought. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that did happen is they announced that they were issuing an updated version of a pamphlet that they've been giving out to uh, Mormon kids uh, since the uh, the 60s, right? The 1960s. Uh, right. It's called For the Strength of Youth, A Guide for Making Choices. Um, <laughs> and Yeah, and, you know, I remember this thing being handed out, and it, it was sort of, uh, I think it was in some sort of pinkish hue some some mauve <laughs> color back in the it was the 90s and yeah it just had like you know this these are the clothes to wear and these are the clothes definitely not to wear and there was some shaming about you know there was some sex shaming going on um, oh yeah a lot of that and uh and yeah it it essentially to be honest shame is probably the operative <laughs> word for this pamphlet is yeah. it is completely 100% designed to shame youth about their bodies, about how they might want to um, engage with popular culture, so forth what, and so on. What like, they want to wear, yeah. how they conduct themselves, their everything hair, you're doing is wrong. Everything. You, you need to do better. Well, this new version, uh, as pointed out by uh, Dieter Uchtdorf, uh, one of the general top general authorities of the church during his speech. Uh, he said, uh, I suppose the guide could give you a long list of clothes you shouldn't wear, words you shouldn't say, and movies you shouldn't watch. But would that really be helpful in a <laughs> global church? Would such an approach truly prepare you for a lifetime of Christ-like living? And so apparently they've like, they've really changed it to be a little more, you know, so this is what it says now on about bodies. And this was, the, they, they, this is revolutionary. Yeah. Oh my God. The, the, what you're about to say, if you're, if you're saying what I think you're saying marks a, this sent shockwaves through the Mormon stratosphere. Yeah. It says, as you make decisions about your clothing, 
hairstyle and appearance, ask yourself, am I honoring my body as a sacred gift from God? Avoid styles that emphasize or draw inappropriate attention to your physical body instead of who you are as a child of God with an eternal future. Uh, and then apparently it uh, sort of omits uh, any prohibitions against like tattoos and uh, doesn't mention piercings and whatnot. Oh. And this this in the past had been a big deal. Like, yeah, it had, it, there was something about, you know, w- no piercings for men and yeah. women could have one on each ear max. That's it. Right. Um, second piercings. No, no, no. And tattoos were uh, totally taboo. Right. They were totally frowned upon as marking up your temple. Your body is a temple of, of the Lord. Right. Right. And I, I find it very uh, hypocritical that a church with the name Jesus Christ in their name, mm-hmm. with with that in their name, yeah, would be against men getting piercings because he had multiple piercings. <laughs> Jesus Christ! His hands, feet, like he was he pierced. was pretty hardcore with his piercings. He was, yeah, yeah, he went he went hard. <laughs> <laughs> and got into some of that really kinky shit too. But right. Um, anyway, um, so. I thought it might be fun to do a little trip down memory lane. Oh. Um, not even going to the one that we were subjected to. Not that version of this pamphlet. Which was the 1990 version. Yeah, there were, exactly. Um, which was problematic enough. But let's go back to the original. The really good one from 1965. Ooh. Yes, um, please. David O. McKay was president of the church. Okay, sure. Um, and That name means nothing to non-members. <laughs> That's fine. But um, here are some of the things it has to say about uh, dress. And I mean, it it has already said a lot. I'm pulling stuff out. Uh, It says strapless dresses and spaghetti straps are not appropriate, either on sundresses or evening dresses. Few girls or women ever look well in backless or strapless dresses. Uh, (laughs) Such styles often make the figure look ungainly. And large. And they show the bony structures of the body. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so stupid. (laughs) Literally, they're just trying to find ways to shit on what they know looks amazing. (laughs) They're like, we have to be against this, right? Right. How do we we say what we're against? Like, you know, I watched the... The Chanel runway, and it gave me a, a partial boner, and now I I don't I don't know how to make them stop. Oh my god! I don't know. Tell them what makes them look ugly. Make them look large. Um, <laughs> make look large. I'm seeing so ob- much of you now. Obviously, the worst thing a woman could be in the universe is large. <laughs> uh, continues when at home working in the uh, yard. Hiking, traveling to the mountains, camping, or participating in active sports, girls or women may appropriately wear slacks. Oh. <laughs> however, thank you. However, they should not be too tight. Um, <laughs> pedal pushers, knee knockers, Bermudas, ca- capris, and any <laughs> pants which uh, reach just above the knees are acceptable. Of course, those who've been through the temple are expected to wear clothing of appropriate style now that that line right there isn't going to mean much to many people but what they're saying there because garments used to be down to the wrists and down to the ankles right right they're saying so those uh capris that show your ankles are a no-no if you've been through the temple i don't know when when did they change i don't know when they changed it because even today, the temple garments, which is the underwear that Mormons mm-hmm. who have been through the temple have to wear for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. it it's like long, like almost down to your knee uh, on the bottoms, and then you have to wear a top undergarment, mm-hmm. and it and and that goes. That's not a long sleeve on that, right? Um, a cap sleeve, if you will, for the ladies, yeah. but. But yeah, I mean, you, you Mormons who have, who are temple worthy can't wear short skirts, short shorts, yeah. or anything like that because this, these white garments will show underneath yeah. there. And 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 like I said back then, I'm I'm believe in '65 
they were still down to your ankles. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Well, you can look it up. It Um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, it continues. Uh, Pants for young women are not desirable attire for shopping at school, (laughs) in the library, in cafeterias, or restaurants. Wow. (laughs) This is amazing. Any apparel that suggests a house robe should not be worn in public, but only in one's home. (laughs) Can I just tell you, the men that wrote this uh, pamphlet would be horrified right now. (laughs) Listen, I pulled up the 1991, the one that you and I got when we were kids. Yeah. And I just found... so. Under the the under the dress and appearance headline, I was, I'm just going to read a little bit. This is from 1990. We're not going all the way back to the sure. 60s. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Immodest clothing includes short shorts, tight pants, and other revealing attire. <laughs> yeah. Young women should. And by the way, let's be clear. This is all about controlling what women wear. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit maybe about what what boys wear but this is all about young, what what the girls are wearing uh young women should refrain from wearing off the shoulder low cut or revealing clothes yeah well you have young to, men should similarly yeah. maintain modesty in their dress all sh- all should avoid tight fitting or revealing clothes and extremes in in clothing and appearance which in the 19 in the early 90s Tight fitting, tight fitting clothes was not going to be a problem with guys. <laughs> That's true. Everything was hanging off of us like we were wearing tents. Yeah. Um, the section on uh, swimsuits is pretty amazing. It has everything that you would expect. They don't like bikinis or bare midriffs mm. and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, but this is this is the part that's absolutely truly mind blowing. While traveling to and from the beach or swimming pools, young men and women should be fully dressed or at least their swimming suits should be covered with outer clothing. Yeah. Like that's how like nip, like how detailed and nitpicky they're like, no, 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 no. Like, yes, we understand that like to go swimming, you must be in like this, you know, bulky one piece swimsuit and that's that's a little much for us but we we understand but the moment that you were no longer in the water effectively right yeah get yourself covered right and in the car you need to be dressed again it's not (laughs) enough that you're on your way to the pool right you have to be at the pool probably get a, a foot in the pool before you take off your cover yeah um now here's a part about young men it's, okay. It is not appropriate for young men to wear extremely tight fitting pants um, when driving. <laughs> oh, ar- in the sixties, that's what they like. I know they like the tight pants. When driving around in cars, working in the yard or elsewhere, they should wear appropriate trousers and shirts. Shorts mm. may be worn during actual participation in active sports. So oh. again, you know, don't active. Uh, participation. You have to be actively doing it. Um, and then this part, like I'm skipping over like the whole part about not wearing hair curlers in public. Um, right. Yeah. Which is, I I don't, uh, which is correct. Don't wear hair curlers in public. That's true. But it's not a, it's not a religious thing. Sin against God. Um, good grooming. They go through, you know, meticulous, good grooming is, you know, important, but this is, this is this section. Oh my God. Uh, young people should understand proprietary or propriety in all things not only how to dance sing speak perform and participate but how to conduct themselves like young ladies and gentlemen under any and all circumstances such as while traveling sightseeing using public restrooms eating in restaurants attending theaters or attending church meetings and conferences Youth should never litter restrooms, public buildings, or highways with papers, food, or refuse. They should express appreciation for all services wherever and whenever received uh, for restaurant service, service station help, etc. I agree with everything you're saying right right now. I'm just going to point out, I like everything so far. This is the kicker because this was put in by David O. McKay himself, I promise you. It (laughs) says, it is not polite to run in and out of motel and hotel rooms late at night, making a disturbance (laughs) which keeps other guests awake. 
Oh, somebody had a bad day and was just grumpy as fuck about it. They'd How did that make it into the pamphlet? <laughs> They'd stayed That's at a motel amazing. and there were these bothersome kids. Oh, and I, I'm going to read. I want I want to get back to, to the 1990 one. You okay. ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Music and dancing is mm. the headline. Uh, music can help you draw closer to your heavenly father. It can be used to educate, edify, inspire, and unite. Mm. However, Uh-oh. music may be used for wicked purposes. Oh, my God. Music can, by its tempo, beat, intensity, and lyrics, dull your spiritual sensitivity. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You cannot afford to fill your minds with unworthy music. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Oh, okay, well, since you brought up dancing, Dan. Yeah, oh, get to the dancing. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, Which, by the way, Mormons were allowed to dance. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's actually we're not like, Amish. It's actually like encouraged. They have like uh, church dances. Yeah. And because they'd rather have you there where they're sort of where you're under their, you know, control. And yeah, so they're able to enforce things like I'm about to get into. Um, and again, it sort of starts off with this whole, what you would expect is, well, it says the dance should not be a grotesque contortion of the body, such as (laughs) shoulder or hip shaking or excessive, (laughs) or excessive body jerking. Um, and then it goes into this thing about fad dances, which I guess Mm. like maybe the twist had just come out or something like something, you know, where it's like you're, you're moving your hips and you're gyrating. These kids are doing this mashed potato and and it's, it's gyrating. (laughs) And it says the following should be observed. One good posture. This is while dancing, right? This is the basis for doing all things well in dancing. If one concentrates on good posture, most fad dances can be danced in a manner which will meet LDS standards. So basically, oh, they're, they're finding a way. <laughs> just, just, just keep it white, and everything will be okay. Uh, number two, dance positions. When dancing, young people should avoid crouching, slumping over, trying to do a backbend. Or having too close a body contact. That's pretty good. Oh my. And then this is this is my favorite. Number three, body movements. Members of the church should be good dancers and not contortionists. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. The the I, oh these these by the nineties that had been updated a, a little bit. Yeah. It, by the nineties, here's what they said. Okay. When you are dancing. Avoid full body contact or mm. intimate positions with your partner. Oh. They weren't worried about fad dances anymore. Yeah. Uh, plan and attend dances where dress, grooming, lighting, dancing styles, lyrics, and music contribute to an atmosphere in which the spirit of the Lord may be present. <laughs> oh, the proper lighting for the Lord. Yeah, you don't want you, you, you can't it gets be, too dark and the Lord can't see, and that's when the devil takes over. He's got old eyes, Dan. He's, he's an old man, <laughs> can't see, and he's got bad vision. Oh, good Lord! Oh. Yeah, so they've they've go. revised it. It's no yeah. longer quite so wretched. Now, I I want to know how many Mormons are going out and getting tattoos this week because they feel like they can now. <laughs> yeah. Because because the the pamphlet to the youth mm. has no it no longer explicitly prov- forbids it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I do actually want to bring up one other topic that uh, mm. both the both the articles I read on this mention the fact that they've sort of revised how they talk about um, homosexuality, mm. right? Um, or I guess sexuality in general. But they they specifically mention same sex attraction. Um, and both of these writers were like, oh yeah, it's such an improvement. And I read it and it's, it's really not, um, it's it's still, it's still a sin. It's still, you're not supposed to, it's written with more positive language. Yeah. They're taking out words like abomination. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is in the 90s version, oh, by the way. Homosexual and lesbian activities are sinful and an abomination to the oh, Lord. I remember reading that, yeah. Unnatural affections, including those towards persons of the same gender, are counter to God's eternal plan yeah. for his children. Yep, I remember Yeah, that. that's what you got to grow up with. Yep, and yeah, that did its... That did a number. Yeah. It did so. a number on me too. I had gay friends and I was, uh, I like, actually that's what got me out of the church. Like the, the thing that like finally broke the camel's back was that I was like, you know what? Why, why are they hating on these gay people so much? Mm. Fuck it. I'm gone. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so there's, there's small steps. They're taking little steps on that stuff and. Yeah. And baby, uh, baby stepping getting, toward humanity. Less, they'll get less specific about others. I guarantee you they'll still, the culture of the church is based in shame. So yeah, they'll, uh, yeah. they'll figure it out without well, it. Being you know, so I heard explicit. an interesting thing on a TikTok recently that I thought was brilliant. And so I'm going to, uh, we'll close it off with this. Cause you mentioned the culture being about shame. It has to be about shame. Hmm. That's how they control you. Yeah. The thing, the, the the guy on the TikTok was talking about, he wasn't talking about the Mormon church. He was talking about, uh, I think he was talking about black evangelical churches, uh, of which he used to be a member. And he was saying that these churches, you, you're not going to find a push for mental health in mm. these churches because they need you to limp so that they can be your crutch. Yeah. I thought that was a brilliant way of putting it. Uh, and I think, I, I think that's basically how you need to think about kind of all religion is that it, at some point it needs you to be broken so that they can be the, the guy that pretends to fix you. Yep. Absolutely. All right, friends. Well, uh, that's it for today's show. If you would like to talk to us, uh, write into us about any of the things that we've been talking about, uh, or if you have a pamphlet from your church that you'd like to tell us uh, what you got to read when you were growing up, please write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members only. Yeah, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all y'all for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.